Hello, everybody. This is Andrew from Log On Games. Uh, we just came out with a podcast today uh, as I'm recording this on Friday. And Sony, er, I'm sorry, Jason Schreier decided to drop a Bloomberg post about Sony and some of the happenings inside of that corporation uh, on the gaming side with PlayStation. And so I thought I would do a little opinion piece on this since we were not able to cover it. We did cover Nintendo Switch Pro, so go check that out. Uh, We covered E3 2021 details, stuff like that. However, I want to just hop in and give my opinion on all of this that's happened today. And it's, it's not... It's, it's bigger. I'm trying to make this bigger than what it is. <laughs> but it's possible that in five, six, seven years from now, we look back and this is the first sign of, of corporate Sony coming back. And for those that are unaware about this Bloomberg article, and I encourage you to go read it, um, there's a visual art service group. Um, it's basically a studio in San Diego that helps with a lot of Sony IPs. They help finish kind of the bigger Sony IPs. Um, and they decided, some of the some of the higher-ups of that group, decided that they wanted to make their own stuff. So internally, they got 30 more developers from neighboring studios to form a bigger studio so they could have more creative control and maybe make something special. Um, <clears throat> they started making The Last of Us remake um supposedly they tried to do an uncharted one remake um but and but it just takes too much time and effort and funding for that to happen um same with a brand new ip like to start from scratch it's a lot it's a big undertaking and so they thought that you know they kind of pitched to sony to let us do a remake you know it's easier it'll be faster stuff like that so they started making the last of us remake but sony never really fully acknowledged the team or gave funding or the support they needed in order to be successful. So instead, Sony moved ownership of The Last of Us remake back to Naughty Dog. And the group, this this visual arts service group from San Diego, mostly has disbanded by now. Um, Sony Bend, or I'm sorry, not Sony Bend. We'll get to that in a second. So yeah, basically... There's this company or this this group uh, that helps Sony build bigger IPs. They started making the Last of Us remake, and then Sony didn't really help them like they needed to. Move the Last of Us remake back to Naughty Dog, and the group is disbanded. So the first thing I want to touch on is why in the world do we need a Last of Us remake right now? I understand it from a business side of view, from a perspective of someone in the corporate spot at Sony <clears throat> saying, listen, we have The Last of Us and The Last of Us 2, arguably two of the, the best and biggest games of all time. We have a Last of Us sh- HBO show in the works. When this HBO show comes out, they want people to buy PlayStation 5s. They want people to buy The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part 2, I would assume. But especially since, you know, it's going to be somewhat loosely based on The Last of Us game, the TV show is, they know people are going to, like, go on the PlayStation Store, buy either buy a PS4 Pro or buy a, tr- trying to get them to buy a PS5 
so that they can play the remade Last of Us game in full PS5 glory. And that I mean that's what they want. That that would make that makes that makes them money. Um however my argument is the core gamers the hardcore gamers that make have made PlayStation what it is today, the ones that support the new IPs, the one that played The Last of Us the first time it came out and supported that game and loved that game to make The Last of Us, you know, an IP worthy of getting an HBO show. Those gamers, I don't think very many of them want a Last of Us remake. And I'm not saying it's not going to be good. I'm not saying when it comes out, everybody's not going to play it and be amazed by it. But I think the majority of people would rather have a new IP than a remake of a game that's already been remade in the last five years and just recently got a PS5 upgrade, you know, six months ago. Continuing on with this piece, (coughs) Sony Bend, known more recently for Days Gone, maybe you played it, maybe you didn't, unsuccessfully pitched Days Gone 2 and was moved to help Naughty Dog with a multiplayer game, which I assume, I could be wrong, I mean, they could have a bunch of games in the work, but I assume that's this Last of Us Factions, Last of Us multiplayer game that we've heard about. A second group at Sony Bend was moved to work on an Uncharted game. And again, I'm speculating here, but I assume this is an Uncharted game with new characters. If you've played Uncharted 4, maybe this continues like the last scene maybe it's their daughter or something or whatever so one studio helped moved or moved to naughty dog to help with a multiplayer game one studio to work on an uncharted game um this has this made some sony bin staff leave others were worried about being absorbed by naughty dog so they were asked they asked to leave the project entirely And they were granted that, and now they're working on their own brand new franchise, which is great news. Um, But still, more stuff happening in Sony that's just kind of strange. Um, And this brings me to, to one of my main points, which is, is this a sign that Sony corporate is back? If five or six, seven, eight years from now, are we going to look back and be like, this was the first sign that started... Sony getting a bad name again. Sony being too high on their own supply, I would say. Um, I mean, if you remember the PS3 launch era, they, when the PS2, I mean, the PS1 and the PS2 just dominated. You know, it was Nintendo forever if you were a, a, video, a home video game console. Nintendo forever. And then Sega came in, and there was a big Nintendo-Sega battle for who can be on top. And that happened for a while. And then once PlayStation 1 came out, it was just PlayStation and PlayStation 2 just dominated. Just dominated. Like, Nintendo still existed, but if you're talking about games, sales, everything, PlayStation was number one for years and years and years with the PS1 and PS2. So if you remember when the PS3 launch era came out, you remember seeing those $600 consoles come out and you and and just be like, "Oh my goodness, how, I'm not who can afford at that time a $600 console." And then obviously the 360 
came out at that same time was not as expensive. Had Xbox Live, um, Xbox Live Arcade was doing was was doing things to move the industry forward, and that's why I mean eventually PS3 caught up at the end as far as games and sales and stuff like that goes. But it was Xbox three. Everybody had Xbox three sixty and was playing online gaming when that was in its prime, just starting out, etc. Um, so my fear is that this is a little bit of that PS3 launch era Sony coming back into the fold of things, which I don't believe is good for anybody. Um, I don't know if there are a lot of people online, and, and I guess the main point of this Bloomberg article was the fact that Sony is just, in and of themselves, just wants these big blockbuster hits. You know, they want The Last of Us, they want Uncharted, they want God of War, they want Spider-Man. And they're not caring about the little guys like they used to, or even newer IP like they used to. Um, and I don't know if that's true or not, and I'm, this opinion piece is not even really about that. It's just about, this is not good, a good look for Sony to come out and be like, most people don't like The Last of Us remaster. They don't want a remaster of The Last of Us. So we're doing it. It's kind of strange. And maybe, you know, maybe they take feedback from this and cancel it or hold off or whatever. More than likely not, I don't think. Um, and, and it's not just this. And just recently, Sony Japan shut down. And a, a lot of people, including myself, love the Sony Japan games. Um, but they are no more. And, you know, there was heavy rumors that the PS5 was going to be $500 for the digital version at launch and $600 for the disc version at launch, if you remember. Um, not saying that those prices are terrible, because this isn't, you know, the PS3 times where those prices were terrible, but that's still more than I think people wanted. I think with the price they ended up being, which is $400 $500, is exactly what people expected and people wanted, and that's leading to why you know you can't part of the reason why you can't find one today and it wasn't until the xbox prices leaked if you if you all remember that the xbox prices leaked online and that made you know it was this big game of who's going to announce prices first playstation or xbox and it happened for months of who's going to be the first one to do it and then the the leaked prices for the xboxes came on and so they kind of just Went with it. You know, if you remember their social media, just with, with the eyeball emoji, just being like, uh-oh. And so they pretty quickly came out with their stream and announced the prices for everything. And then Sony dropped their prices back, to, you know, to kind of match that. To match their, you know, the top dogs to the top dogs so they can both be $500 so they're not being undercutted by $100. But initially, the heavy, heavy rumor was that the disc version was going to be $600. So is that another small sign that Sony Corporate is coming back? You know, Sony AAA titles now being $70. I agree that games should be $70 now, especially the big ones that take years and years to develop. Um, and especially the Sony, because Sony kind of focuses on single-player, big, giant, blockbuster games, and those should be more expensive, in my opinion, because you don't have the microtransactions to back up. You don't have the extra multiplayer 
aspect in a lot of these games. And and really, you don't get much DLC. Like, take a game like The Last of Us or God of War. You really don't get DLC for that. Um, I mean, if you do, it's like a, like like The Last of Us Left Behind, which is a, what like a twenty dollar thing. Um, but you don't get the money that you know it kind of deserves unless you just sell like a crap ton, which they do. So I understand the seventy dollar price point. But that's still $70, and if a game comes out, a AAA game that's $70, and it's on Game Pass, and or you can buy it on a PS5 for $70, you know, that's something that I think they will have to deal with in the future. And that's not the only problem I believe Sony's having. I think the worst part since the launch of the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and S, the worst part... The wor- it's just the lack of communication by Sony, by PlayStation. For example, look how Microsoft handled has handled everything since the launch of the Xbox Series X and S. Phil Spencer is actively in the community, actively getting feedback from the community, being public. He's on talk shows. He does interviews. He's on podcasts constantly, talking with the community, giving his opinion about the industry, answering questions. I mean, he was on... Gary Wood is animal talking the day or the day after they announced that Halo Infinite was going to be delayed. And, you know, if you listen to Gary Wood talk about that, he talks about how he fully expected for Phil Spencer not to show up. Phil Spencer did show up and they did ask the questions of like why and he gave them answers and he communicates so much better than, than like it's not even close the way Xbox communicates with their community and the way Sony connects with their community. It's just vastly different. Um, I mean, the Xbox Live price increase, everybody like was extremely upset that Xbox Live was going to basically double in price. And yes, it was walked back, and some people would see that as a bad thing, and I don't know what they were thinking to begin with to think that that was a good idea or was going to be received well at all. Uh, or maybe they thought they could just, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what happened there on the initial announcement and launch of that. But ultimately, it was walked back. They listened to their community. And they fixed, not only fixed the Xbox Live price to remain the same, but they made it to where you don't need Xbox Live for free games and you don't need it to chat with your friends. So they not only walked it back, but they improved Xbox Live as a whole, which is just another example of them listening to the community. Um, I mean, they're, they're by far more gamer and community-friendly than Sony is. It's not even close. And then you have Game Pass. Xbox with Game Pass getting huge titles every month. This month... As of the time I'm recording this, they got Outriders and MLB The Show, which is a Sony-published game, because Major League Baseball themselves said, this game's going to Game Pass. And I assume it is something like, this game's going to Game Pass, or as soon as we can make it, I don't know what the contracts are, but basically as soon as we can make you, PlayStation, not have a hand in MLB, we will. So it better go to Game Pass kind of thing. So Sony really did not have a choice on that. It's not Sony being friendly. It's not Sony 
doing an Xbox and being like, we want everybody to be able to play with each other. It's Major League Baseball saying it's it's going to Game Pass and you don't have a choice. Um, and it's not just Game Pass. It's it's the insane amount of studios that Xbox has acquired. It's buying Bethesda for an obscene amount of money. It's doing the stream to showcase the Bethesda teams and the plan that Bethesda has with Xbox once that deal closed. It's just that's more communication that Xbox has had. Just the fact that they did an entire, I don't know, hour, two-hour stream. Here's all of, you know, here's Xbox and Bethesda. This is, you know, why we made this deal. This is what we plan on doing together. We plan on supporting each other. This is what Bethesda's teams are working on now. These are the games that are coming to Game Pass now. These are the updates that we're doing to Prey and Doom, etc. with the frame rate updates and stuff like that. That's not something Sony, I don't think, would ever do. If Sony went out and bought a studio today, say they bought Quantic, uh, Quantic Dream, the people that make Detroit, the people that make Heavy Rain, etc. Um, those games have always been exclusive to PlayStation, but they don't own that IP. But just say they did, went out and buy Quantic Dream. Do you think they would do a stream to be like, listen, we bought them, we want to work together, this is what we're working on. I just don't see that ever happening with Sony. And it's the difference between PlayStation and Xbox right now, as we sit, it's just Xbox is about unity, they're about uniting gamers, they're about giving value to their products and services, they're about being transparent with their community. Sony is not is not any this is we hear things about Sony and PlayStation through the like things like this Bloomberg article. That's what we actually hear about what's actually happening in PlayStation. It's a Bloomberg article, it's a Wired article, it's uh the like Sony Japan shutting down. It's things like that. When, that's when we as the gaming community, as PlayStation fans, when we hear something about Sony, that's what we hear it from. We don't hear it from one of the higher ups at Sony. You know, we don't. Sony doesn't have the Phil Spencer that's out there active in the community. I mean, their their Twitter is barely active with the community. I mean, at the end of the day, Sony has the best AAA exclusive titles, and it's not close, and it doesn't look like that's going to slow down anytime soon. But it's almost the the Thanos Avengers line, but uh, which is like, yes, you have all these AAA exclusive titles. Your games are your exclusive AAA games are ten out of tens constantly. But what's what's the, at what cost? At what point does corporate Sony come back fully and seriously hurt their name and products? At what point? Yeah, when the PS PS Six launches. And whatever the new Xbox will be in five, six, seven years, you know, what does Sony look like then? A lot of times, and this could be, this is why I say we may look back five, six, seven years from now, and I could be completely wrong about everything that I've said. But five, six, seven years from now, we could also look back and be like, this was the first sign that Sony Corporate came back. They killed it with PS1, PS2, and they got high on their own supply for PS3. And just ruined it. 
ruined the launch of that, and it took everything in their power, including some of the best games of all time, like The Last of Us and Uncharted, to bring the PS3 back, to bring PlayStation in general back to glory. And then PS4 was all about the games. Exclusive after exclusive after exclusive after exclusive. And not just exclusive games, 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, over and over and over again. Fantastic games. Is, is the PS5 now the point where Sony corporate is just so in on themselves that they can't understand why they got back to where they are now in the first place? And that's the question that's going to arise. And as Xbox has these games come out, as these studios start finishing games that they've acquired over the last five years, as they start coming out, as they start getting better, as Game Pass starts becoming more valuable, what is this generation of consoles going to look like? And that's the question that I have, and that's the question that we'll look back in five years and see what the answer is. But thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed it. Let me know in the comments if you want to see more stuff like this from us at Log On Games. Again, every Friday, Log On Games Weekly is on YouTube. It is on any streaming service, any podcast service, Spotify, Apple, etc. So just search Log On Games Weekly or just follow us at Log On Games on social media. Click the link in the bio. It will take you wherever you want to go, wherever, however you want to listen to us. And thank you all for listening. Good day.